Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. You're listening to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess. This is show number 59. Just a reminder, you can catch all my shows and notes at callthatgirl.biz slash office365 or at callthatgirl.podbean.com. And also you can check this out on YouTube, youtube.com slash callthatgirl. All right. Now, before we get started, I always got to thank my friends over at App River for their kindness with being our sponsor here. Uh, As a reminder, I said uh, last week they are open weekends for sales, so that's awesome. You can throw out a quick migration on the weekends, which I've had to do sometimes. Emergency migrations do happen. And it's nice to have that uh, support there available for us. They are all based out of Florida, and they're open 24 hours a day. I can't even tell you how many times in the last few months now how I've relied on them for little things. It's been really nice. There's, there's a lot of changes with Office 365. And I got to tell you how handy it is to have people that just work with that all day to keep up with what's going on. Because as my job as a technician, I don't have all day to... to you know, to learn everything and keep up with everything, and they do, and they do a good job at it. So if you're interested in working with them as a reseller or a partner, you can email Steve Harris, S. Harris, at AppRiver.com and tell them call that girl sent you. Oh, boy, this this week, folks, it's just a show about me this week. Not me, but my, my clients and the work I did. I had um, kind of an interesting DNS week, so the topic of all the jobs is uh, – the DNS chasing, I call it, chasing the DNS. It's always the fun stuff. And uh, I got a few stories about that and a couple other things. Then the topic this week is going to be uh, migration forms and surveys. And because you are a hopefully a longtime listener, I'm going to give you free access to all my forms if you email me. Uh, and I'll send you the, there's like six of them of all these forms I've been creating. I know I could try to sell it, you know, but I'm like, I don't know. If you guys are fans, you guys should get it for free, right? Other people that find it can buy them at some other time. But, uh, but yeah, I've got, I've had to reduce some lists and I'll explain why. And I'll also go through the lists and kind of uh, cover what um, the reason why I need the lists. Those are important. They're very important. Let's just jump right in and get started. So, Okay, I don't know why the universe does this to me, but sometimes I get caught in cycles where there's like major problems with one thing. And this week, it was the DNS stuff. So the first client I'm going to talk about here called and said, you know, I've been having some problems with Office 365. The email accounts aren't always working. I've got three domains. They're with different uh, companies. And probably, I think, four companies were involved. And uh, I found that really strange, but it's really not strange because it can be very convoluted now with how many uh, companies we deal with. Hosting, DNS, register, uh, then if you got Office 365 with Microsoft or not, and or not, because sometimes some people have it with two different companies as well. So anyway, I said, well, let's schedule an appointment and let me remote in and go look at all your settings and go see what's going on. And this is very common because You know, I need to see what's going on before I can start a game plan to fix things, right? So I remote in, and he's into his Microsoft account, and he's got three domains under one account. And uh, I looked at the DNS records 
all the text records, uh, MX and the C name were all perfect. I did some testing and I said, I don't see anything really wrong with this, you know? And he's like, okay, let's move on to the next company. Well, the next company is the one that we had the most problems with because he was using a company to manage a DNS that I think, I don't know if I should name it or not, but they're kind of, I've heard of them, but I've never had a client use them. But they kind of like have a big new blingy website and it looks all fancy and they do a lot of things. Okay, I'll just say it, Cloudfare. I don't know, I feel stupid for maybe not knowing it, but you know, to me it looked really good and it had a lot of you know nice features and it supposedly I heard another technician say, that they used it to fix some of their SSL issues and some other things. So just take a note. Maybe it's a company worth, you know, considering for that stuff. But anyway, he also had another account with where he registered it, which I'm not going to mention that company's name because I don't like them and you probably know who I'm talking about. So anyway, I, we probably spent an hour messing with um, one of his companies. Was try we were trying to get the text record verified. So now this is why... When I'm doing a regular migration, I charge the fees I do because this stuff takes time. You know, people think, God, you're so expensive. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? A lot of this stuff can take a lot of time to figure out. And wait till the next two jobs I tell you about. It's horrifying to figure out things. So anyway, we still, we tried to verify the text record, which you have to do if you want to have a Microsoft account. So there's this little text record that you just put in to the DNS and it verifies it with Microsoft so they know it's legitimate or whatever, and they can talk to it. That's what's most important. And after that, you can actually do the MX records and the C name pretty easy after that. Could get it. We couldn't figure it out. And then we went through four different uh, settings and things he had. I still couldn't figure it out. And I was like, you know what? Let's just, well, I was actually kind of at the two hour part about almost with this because we tried some other things. Couldn't get it to work. So, I'm going to have to update you guys on that because that was a job that isn't uh, done yet. But I want to talk about it because this is how it can go, chasing the DNS. That's what I call it, is trying to figure out where these records are. And you, he, I was lucky he knew where his records were. Some of my clients don't know. And that takes me to client number two here on the job stories is this other client, she had her website built by a big firm many years ago. We're talking like 10 years ago. And what is common is that she never owned any of it. The company she hired owned it and they had sold it to another company. And she knew about the sale. Well, those people had split apart later on too. So it went from one company to another company and then they split that and they had two pieces of it. Well, when I'm trying to do my text record verification, I have to go through the hoops of figuring all this out, right? Now, I'll let you know that App River does a really good job at helping you figure it out, too. When they send you a text record verification back when you put in a sale, they actually, if the company, they can figure it out, they tell it to you now, which is very helpful, by the way, because that lets me know I need to go to that company. So anyway, I had went through with her um, probably a good hour of figuring out where the records were. She had an account with register.com. She had another, uh, another account with another big company. And it, it really was a drill down. And you know, I know a lot of techs are probably like, oh, that's not really hard to figure out. It, it can be, though. The clients don't know. 
Here's the worst part is they don't know their account username or password. So even if I can figure it out, I try to reset passwords and trust me, the passwords are never correct ever. And the usernames are half the time old emails are wrong. So it, it's, it is a lot of work. And, um, but eventually we did get her set up and that was awesome. And that's, this is all last week still. <laughs> and then this last client uh, that's kind of involved with this DNS issue, unfortunately his is one of the longest dramas I've had for a migration that's supposed to be a simple pop to exchange. The guy only had 117 emails in his mailbox. But I like to do things the proper way, which is like, I like getting it all into Outlook, right? Backing it up no matter what, even if it's 10 emails, I just feel more comfortable doing that. And uh, so anyway, the guy has a very small, just an info account, hired me to do the migration. I kind of felt bad, like, man, I charged 350 and his should be so simple. I should just bill him for the time. But after you hear this story, you're going to realize why I charge what I do because of tracking and the time involved. So, um, so I got the, let's see, I'm going to figure it. This goes back about a month and a half now for this job. So I put in the sale with that river. Um, he was with Dex.com. So I actually said, Oh, okay. Now we're going to deal with Dex. So they're going to be challenging. So if you can, uh, we're probably going to have to do this. Here's the problem with big companies like that. They will never give you access if they set up the website ever. So you have to work with the rep and try to schedule it out to be perfectly timed, right? So I actually found them very helpful though. So I'm going to you know, say in their defense that they, once I contacted them, they were like, yep, just send us the record. We'll update it. And then once I get, get that they updated, I send it to App River. And then they send me the credentials. That went pretty fast. Well, then for the next, I don't know, month or so, me and the client, uh, we couldn't get on each other's schedule to get this done. He works on the road and he was very busy. And I was like, that's fine. We'll figure it out. So in the last few days, we now it was like crunch time, right? And trying to figure it out. So oh, this, this is just so much drama, this little story. <laughs> Hope I could even figure it out. So I went to go buy a new computer. And... The Outlook version he bought didn't activate, of course. We had the wrong activation key. So we had to, and plus whatever reason he was traveling and I couldn't do it. So we had to come back to that. Okay. So then it turns out in that time frame that we were doing stuff, his website guy decided to take over the website and register with another company, but didn't tell me. But they did in an email. I just didn't understand the email, why they were releasing it from the Dex company, right? Okay, so the day of the migration, I said, well, I finally got in. I activated the Outlook, and I get in there, and I'm starting to get everything set up. And uh, I'm like, why can't the – so actually, I put in the request for Dex to up, uh, upgrade the – sorry – change the MX and C name records and they're fighting me on this. And I'm like, why are you guys fighting me this? And they said, well, it got released to a new company. I'm like, who is this company? Like, I have no idea what's going on. So all day I spent figuring, trying to figure stuff out. It turns out that my guy's website was the guy who did it all. And 
finally he's like, yeah, I'll update the records for you. I'm not even kidding. It was an all day thing. It doesn't seem like much, but I was going back and forth, back and forth. Okay. So then he updates the records. I get in there and then Outlook is not activated. So I must've had a trial for a little bit on there. And then of course, during migration time, it deactivated. So he had to go get the sticker and we got it activated. And this is where I'm trying to figure out. Um, he had some more issues. Oh yeah. The, uh, let's see. I don't want to get lost here in my story. <laughs> this, this poor guy, everything we did had a glitch. I swear to God. Oh, so then, okay. So then we had, uh, I got his exchange set up. I moved over the 117 emails and uh, we're trying to set up his phone. And he's like, it keeps defaulting to an exchange account. And I'm like, how many exchange accounts you got in there? And he's like, well, I've got one called exchange. And, and he told me the server name. And it was not Office 365. So I'm like, so you actually are already on an exchange server. And he goes, I guess so. I hired a guy in another state last year to do it. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So it turns out that all of his data on his phone, this took me an hour last night because we had to go through all the phone configuration. All of the data on his phone has, uh, is on this old exchange server. So I said, we're not touching your, your phone then until you call that guy to go get that now into Outlook. So I need the server settings for that. So I can go import it into your new server. It was almost two hours on the phone last night, figuring that out. So overall, I probably have probably four hours into what it should have been the most simple pop to exchange migration ever. And you know what? This is also funny. The guy on his phone also had an iCloud account, Outlook.com, and his Google. And I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. It was, it was like he, he had tried everything to get stuff to sync, and it turns out he had exchange. So the guy who set him up on exchange didn't even tell him what he could do with it or whatever. Cause he had stuff all over the place. All of his contacts were in his iCloud. None of it makes sense. So anyway, that was this week and those were those jobs. And then I have a final one that I had a lady that said, uh, yeah, we're having an issue. My email's not sending receiving it. Um, I think she said it one of the two. It sends, but it won't receive whatever. And you know what? It took me about 15 minutes of being on the phone with her to figure out that she, that none of their people in their company know where their email is being managed. At the very end, she says, well, I forgot we have a server here at, at the office. And I'm like, oh man. So they are on a very old server in the closet situation. No one's managing it. So it hasn't been updated they have no way to get in with the password. So literally this thing was just left for dead, but it's broke now. So that's a good news. So I was telling uh, one of my tech buddies, I think he listens to the show. I'm, I'm not going to say his name, but um, he's the one who referred me to these people. And I said, okay, now you get to go and talk to the owner to see like, we can get the mail off the, off the outlook and stuff, but somebody has to get into that server you know, to change that password. So that's the first step. And cause they're missing a lot of mail or something. And um, it was just kind of an unexpected thing, but that's why you have to investigate and figure out things. You know, I don't plan on putting every client that calls me into, you know, a migration, but this one will probably have to end up migrating unless they want to pay a server tech to go 
do all the updates. I mean, if you can imagine how long that thing hasn't been updated, probably a while, probably a long while. That's another job I did. And I did charge them for their time. And that was only a 15-minute call. But just to let you know that um, I talk about here and why I'm going to do some new sales, temp, some new attempts at new sales here. Because that could have been a 15-minute free job. But I built for it. I'm very happy about that. All right. A couple more jobs here I want to talk about is the Outlook 2016. There's seeming to be a little bit of hope with that. So those that have been listening to my show, you know, I've been complaining about it for so long and bitching. I am seeing more success with it, with uh, the exchange and not crashing so bad and me not having to downgrade. I still refuse to put any clients on it unknowingly. The guy last night, he had it already and I didn't have a choice, but excuse me, if I have a choice, I won't put people on it. But if they already have it, I'm finding it's getting less challenging for me. So 2016 is not out of the woods yet, but we'll see. I'm hoping it comes around. I'm hoping. And then I had a job with a Macintosh call. It's always funny when a client puts in a request and I sometimes don't even know if they have a Mac or a PC. I, I don't know because this guy just booked it online and I didn't even, all he said was his outlook was not sending receiving. And it's funny that when you're in, I mean, I, I support Mac, so don't get me wrong, but I'm always kind of like, Ooh, it's a Mac. I don't know what's going to happen here because Macs are a little different, right? So uh, I see the little special when you log in with my Logbean Rescue, a little, you know, the setting is different for Macs. And I'm like, ay, 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 let's see what we got here. And uh, his uh, Earthlink would not send or receive, but it would, uh, again, one of the two. So I said, okay, let's go. And I looked up to Earthlink settings and could not get it at all. And I know settings pretty well. It's what I do, right? So I was like, all right, man, let's uh, let's go to Earthlink. And what do you know? They had a support chat, which I'm loving all this support chat now because it's not that I'm doing it behind clients' backs. I'm telling them, well, I'm on their support chat, and that makes it a lot easier for me to get my job done. And the guy actually was trying to be helpful. And he goes, how about if I remote in? Winning! Earthlink, remoting in? I was like, thank you. And, and I told the client, he's going to remote in. So the client's like, sure. And I think they must have a special setup in the Mac because this is not standard in a PC for some outgoing setting that has to have the word Earthlink in it in the advanced settings. Just to let you know. I didn't see that. But after that, it worked. I never even talked to the guy. I was like chatting away and I was like, awesome. I love that. But then the client was like, now that we got that fixed, I need uh, to find some email. I'm missing a bunch of uh, my emails. And I'm like, oh no. And I hate it on the back because he had upgraded from 2011 to 16. Well, luckily he had two PST files on external hard drive and I dug those up and I found them. That was pretty easy. And uh, then he was like, I need to find my old email from before when I upgraded. Now, on a Mac, with the 2011 Outlook, it, all the mail is configured into a mail identity that's just for 2011. The 2016, it's actually in a, I don't remember because I haven't dealt with it too much, but it's in a new directory in the library, and it's really hidden. So it's not like 2011 at all. It's 
they they kind of redid it all, which I wish they would just do a PST file like Windows does and uh, make it easier on us. But so anyway, I was getting towards the end of the hour with the client and I kind of felt like, well, all right, here's what I'll do is I'm going to try to help them figure this out at no cost because I really need to learn this a little bit more. I mean, I'm familiar enough, but I was like, yeah, okay. So scheduled the appointment for the next day and I looked into it and it's to import the mail from 2011 to 16. It's really just using the import wizard and you pick the 2011. Well, the problem he had was that he had a sync, a sync error. All right. And the sync error, uh, what did it do? It, it stops you. So you have to, so then you have to go try to uh, disable this, the sync that's, um, I forgot the name of it. It's a sync thing that's always running as like a background application. You have to disable that and then it uh, should run. And I think, God, now I'm trying to think of what I did with that. I got, I bypassed it somehow because we couldn't get it. And this is what he said. He was, Lisa, I've already done this. And I can't get past that. And I couldn't get past disabling it. Oh, I know what I did. Okay, I remember. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so he couldn't get past that sync error. And I looked it up online, did my research. And it was like a full page of code in the Mac terminal kernel, blah, blah, blah stuff that I don't want to deal with for, I just wasn't ready for that. I would do that in extreme like circumstance for a client, but not for this. I was like, we got to figure it out. Right. So here's what I did. I actually launched 2011. It booted up great. No problems. He saw stuff. I exported it to an OLM file winning, closed that one, opened up 2016 and imported in the OLM file. And that is how I did it. I did the cheat method, but it worked. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to work for everybody because 2011 might be broken or whatever, but that to me, oh my God, I just felt so relieved. That was a full hour call for that one. But I did learn a big lesson though, that 2011 is the way to do it and exporting and importing. That was cool. I love that job actually. <sighs> okay. Now let's see what we got going on here. Um, so over on the um, the IT bog, the Facebook group I've been hanging out with, there's a lot of interesting characters in that group. So if you're not a member and you own a computer business or you're working tech and you want to join it, there'll be a link in the notes. It's called the IT business owners group, IT bog we call it. And there's a few characters in there that uh, are very uh, useful and helpful. And I am one of them. I try to be helpful too. We all are actually, but there's a couple that stand out. And we had a little chat a few days ago about, um, I was kind of expressing some issues I was having with, here's what happens to me in a typical consult call is uh, the client will schedule a consult and I'll call them and they'll say, okay, so here's what's happened. And this is standard. They'll talk for eight to 10 minutes about the mini crisis they went through with the techs, with the geeks, with, with uh, the other companies, I won't say their name, uh, with Microsoft, with the Apple store. And they pretty much are just so excited to have somebody that's going to understand, listen, and they tell that story. And all I hear is dollar signs, right? Ding, 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 ding. 
Well, then at the end, I have to give them a quote. Now, I, I, I give them a quote based upon what they've said and what I think they're going to need. Sometimes I say, look, you are in a hot mess and we just should put you on exchange. And here's the benefits of exchange. So I turned the console call from them telling me the story for me to sell the pitch. And then they either buy that or they go, no, I'd still rather try to fix my old clunky problems. So then I have to say, here's your quote, one, two, three, four hours time, whatever. And based upon what people say, I can pretty much figure it out, right? But some of these consult calls have gone into no shit, 20 to 30 minutes. And I, that's the old days. I really don't allow that anymore. Because honestly, if I'm a book a one hour appointment, that's a loss. But I, I kind of got it down to a five to eight minute, you know, I try to get it figured out. But a lot of these people now with the Office 365 stuff, they will go into it and then I have to talk and try to pitch it. And what happened last week was I had a, um, this is why I just spawned this uh, post on the Facebook group. This guy, uh, I talked to him on the phone first. He pulled in another meeting with his buddy. They wanted to hear about exchange and they had all this stuff and it was a half hour consult. For him to turn around and say, yeah, I'm just going to hire you for the hour. And after that, I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I, I, I play a therapist that doesn't really get paid. And I got to figure it out how to get in and pitch the ticket right away, then listen to their problems. And that's what one of the, I don't want to mention his name, but once you join the group, you'll, you'll know who I'm talking about because he didn't give me permission to say. But uh, <laughs> anyway, he kind of said that. You need the consult for you to tell people how much you're going to charge and your, the benefits of using you and then say, should we start a ticket? And that's really the simple kind of Matt Rainey theory of yes or no. Like, look, if it's a yes or no, it's free. But if I have to go in to start talking to you about it, and, and here's the other problem I have is when I start talking about stuff, I have to hide some of my answers because I'm not getting paid. And I hate doing that because what I want to tell people is, well, for this, you should use that. And, and I want to get into the stories, but I have to really be careful because I could give them all the answers in that time and they will not call me at all. So anyway, it, it's come down to the Matt Rainey, yes or no, the guy on the Facebook saying, sell you and your pricing and get them into a ticket. And so I'm going to work on that. And I'll share with you guys when I get this, when I get the new sales pitch kind of conquered down, of course, since I've talked about, it, I haven't had a chance to, uh, test it, but I, I'm going to you know, start by saying something like, well, before we get started, let me tell you about my services and how I work and explain and, and stuff. And then, you know, say, now what exact problem are you having? I don't want to hear about the past unless, but well, it's also helpful to hear about the past when I remote it in. So I can go see it. It doesn't make sense for me to blind it. I mean, I can, but you know, move it to what exact issue are you having and then say, I can fix that or not. So sell myself, ask them exactly what's going on and then say, okay, if you want to buy, you know, a, a ticket, I will start to listen to the rest and we can get started right now or we can schedule an appointment for later. And I usually need to schedule an appointment for later because my consults are 15 minutes scheduled on my calendar. And sometimes I have time, but sometimes I don't. So I think I'm going to try this new method because I am, I mean, I'm just getting worn out. I'm listening to, you guys would not believe what horror stories are out there. 
And if they're telling me the horror stories, you know, and I weren't a consult, I write some notes down, but honestly, if I was getting paid, I'd be like detailing it down a lot better, you know, but, um, anyway, I'm going to try to change it up because I mean, I, I do deserve to get paid for this. And if they don't want to pay me before they tell me the stories, then they're maybe not going to hire me anyway. Right. I mean, I'm trying to figure it out. Would they hire me? They might, but I think it's a, I need to flip the tables there because everybody does this. They will sit there and tell me all their stories. And if I tell, tell them my rate at the end, I don't think, you know, getting to know me makes it work better. Honestly, I'm going to tell the rates up front and how my services work and tell them how about exchange just right off the bat, how it all get it done. So I will let you know uh, the next show, which by the way, the next show is with Mr. Carl Palachuk. He's the MSP guy. I guess there's probably many other words for Carl. He's written many books. He has audio books. He's done webinars, seminars, uh, keynotes. The guy is amazing. And um, we're going to be talking about Office 365 for MSPs. And that is, you know, if you listen to my last show with Brian Mayo, him and I talked about some Office 365 stuff for MSPs. And I had uh, Paul Cunningham on. And now we've got Carl. And then I've got a few other guests coming up, too, that we're going to wrangle in this whole MSP thing because... I know a lot of people want to start this 365 in the MSP mode and uh, or level rather. And I think Carl's going to have a lot to say and he might be able to twist me into doing some MSP level work, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Now let's move on to the topic this week and uh, let's see. Let me catch up here. Um, <laughs> okay. So I've got some surveys here. Let me go open up a couple here if I can find them real quick. I don't know what I did with them. Let me find them here. There they are. Okay, so I'm going to be screen sharing these also with you guys that are watching it on the video so you can uh, follow along. That'll be kind of neat. I love this this video that I'm doing. It's, uh, it's the, um, excuse me. The Zoom software, oh, this is incredible. I love it. I pay 15 bucks a month, and it's super cool. And I can record the video, and Mitch still does my audio. He throws on my you know, my trailer on the beginning for the audio for the podcast. And otherwise, here, I just put on a graphic and put it up on YouTube. So anyway, I'm going to be screen sharing here. So let's start with the first form I do is when I get um, – no, 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 no. Okay, I get the first from the company, like, single point of contact, okay? Excuse me. So, I'm going to screen share this right now. One sec. Oh, I can't hit that button. One second there, guys. Okay. All right. I'm going to have to... The screen might get weird for a minute, but here we go. Okay. So, over here... So when I first do a migration, all right, I uh, I have them fill out. This is kind of like a little to-do list of things that they need to do, but honestly, I don't think anybody reads it, all right? Um, then what to expect, and then here's the form. So I have them agree to the terms, which is just like my client agreement form, all right? Let's get that rid of that. They fill out their name, email, address, uh, the phone, how many mailboxes, 
please list the mailboxes and the full name of the people, which you need to create the accounts for your exchange or for the, the account information. Website hosting control panel information. You know, it says, please fill in your website control. If you're not comfortable putting it in this form, please email me. If you don't know it, type I don't know, and I'll help them figure it out. But a lot of people do know it, and they do put it in there, okay? And then provide a second email account. Now, I have to add this in here because Office 365 requires a set, well, they don't require it. If you want to give the user global access rights or global admin rights, you do need to put a second email in there. And then what other third-party apps do you use? A lot of clients are on Gmail. They have iCloud, Outlook, Companion Link, whatever. I get this in there, so when I get the form, I'm already aware of what's going on. How'd you hear about me? And what's your current config? I like that. Do you have an Office subscription currently? Now, this is good to know because if they already do, you have to get the domain removed from the current one to be able to use AppRiver for that or what other, you know, if you're using your own company. Uh, it's kind of important to know the internet office speed. Slow, fast, not sure. And what kind of computer do you have? And if you agree, and I like this because then I know if I'm dealing with Macs or not. Macs are not always that easy. Per device setup, I just put this in there just in case I need to charge extra, which can happen. Um, sometimes, you know, it uh, if if they have a second computer that has a lot of work to do on it for, you know, making it happen, you want to charge you extra for it. Okay, the next form I'm going to put up there is the survey that I have for employees, all right? Now, the employees get their own. So what I do when I've secured a migration is I send this to the single point of contact, the SPOC, and they send it out to the employees then, okay? And it kind of says first and last name, email, what time zone are you in? This is really good to know for remote companies because if you're dealing with a migration and you got someone on the East Coast, they're, you know, like for me, the three hours ahead of me. Helps me schedule my day out better when I'm doing that. What operating system are you using? What version of Outlook are you using? I need to know that. Eh, half the time it's never right because the clients don't know. Um, if you use your smartphone for work, what type do you have? Do you work from office or home? How many computers? Let us know. And they always have two, but I only end up doing one. I don't know why. Please let you know how you want your name displayed. Like some people want Esquire. They want... Uh, you know, MDA or doctor or something after that. What's your current password to log into your email? I like having this because if I need to, it bypasses a lot of time, especially with like Google and stuff like that. Please give us your cell phone number to contact you during the migration because a lot of people go wandering around. They're like, well, you're going to be on it. And I'm like, hey, I had to reboot. And hey, I can't log in. So I call them. Are you currently having any issues with Outlook? I like to know that because if there's a problem, I want to fix it pre-migration. Outside of your core work computer, do you have other ones that you need set up? And everybody always says two. Are you using a third-party app for syncing? Same thing as like before. And do you want to share your contacts and, and calendar with others? Now, in a typical migration, I don't deal with uh, public calendaring and public contacts and any of that stuff. Most of my people are coming in fresh so I don't have to worry about that. But if you do uh, support um, 
clients that are already on a huge, you know, enterprise system, you'll probably already know that <laughs> the public calendar. But I like as a little bonus in my fine tuning and aftercare is I really like uh, putting in the little extras, like sharing the calendars with people already and kind of, you know, doing the basics there. Um, I know it's a little extra, but it does help. And because actually they're going to call afterwards, like as part of the, you know, aftercare. So please check the box after you acknowledge the following. I may lose my autocomplete emails. Nobody knows that means, but they all check it anyway. But it basically means if I can't fix your autocomplete, the autofill, you know, the, the memory, people call it, but the address book, they also call it of when you start to type and the emails come in. Uh, that kind of gives me a little thing here saying, look, I'm going to charge you, but I never do because I usually can fix it. All right, so there we've got that form. And then I've got a couple more, and these are not done yet, but I'm just going to let you see it anyway because this is like on my project list. And I came up with these for a reason. So this one is called the migration process. So what clients are, well, this last client is asking for is they want to know the exact uh, process of how this is going to go. So basically, I, I made a list, and here's what I do, and it's kind of neat. Um, we've, uh, we do a 15, 20-minute call to see if Color Girl is the right company. If approved, a second meeting may be needed for a decision-making team. And you know what? For a big two or $3,000 migration, that's, that's fine on the time. Um, have a final meeting, but usually I've got it done in the first or second meeting, Okay. This one, though, I did, did take three meetings. Um, how many mailboxes? We discussed this. The distribution groups, uh, three, if they need software, two-day window for the surveys. I've kind of learned that the clients need to send out these surveys, and then they need to get them back within two days. Um, the employees, some of them, Johnny on the spot, they'll get that form in. Other ones, you can email them 10 times, and they won't do that form. They just don't read their email or they don't pay attention and that's awful. And I tell the owners of the company exactly who is not being responsive. And I'm like, what are these people doing that they're not responding to this email? And I kind of get a little angry, like, you know, we're waiting on them to do stuff. And uh, that's why I have the Spock person try to get on them about it. But uh, if they don't get it in, I'm like, man, are they this not responsive to other people? Wow. All right, then uh, we give the quote after the sale is done, a final quote, actually, and I talk about the prepaid ticket because my migrations moving forward get the prepaid ticket of at least four hours. Then we set the pricing, confirm the date, uh, send the invoice. Um, I send the migration agreement to the owner. Once completed, they'll send the survey. And then this is just, like I said, kind of the chop-down list. Um, this is the really... When, when Rob and I came up with this, Rob helped me with this, um, another version. God, you could go into pages with this, literally, of getting it down to the detail, which Rob and I did. Uh, I didn't know how many pages it was, but this is like the quick and dirty to send to a client because they don't need to know all the technical stuff. But Rob and I did uh, do the, the big, a big checklist, and that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Okay, and then I have a pricing... I don't even know if this one is done. I might be embarrassed here. Pricing for migration assistance. Yeah, I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm not done, but I'm going to show you guys anyway. Okay. So over here, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, this page, I'm putting a big red X on it. Not done yet. 
but it's time to start putting out the pricing there for clients to see. And also because I do work for other technicians that hire me. And what's happening now is technicians, maybe like yourself out there listening, uh, the techs are saying, look, I just got one company I need migrated. I can be the desktop guy. Will you guys help me just do the rest? And Rob and I want to do the rest. You know, we do. So we're kind of coming up with uh, some pricing models here that I want to be consistent across the board as a soft quote, because I have to use the word soft because I really don't know till the end how hard it's going to be. <laughs> and we all know that technical snags do happen. So Rob and I, just to let everybody know, we are working together to team up to help uh, standalone clients to get the work done with the larger mailboxes, the fine tuning, and the and the most important part is what Rob does really well, which is the PowerShell to get those accounts done in a quicker manner than manual and help get the emails out if we need to. Uh, most most companies that we would help don't need the survey though because they're already on a server and all that. But but you know this is just a thought here for you guys. Um, I am going to be offering the VIP. I'm calling it the VIP level migration, which is like soup to nuts. Everything's included. The, the 250 per mailbox for that. And then I put down what's included, which is all that. And then I've got billable extra issues right here. Optional services, help desk and some training videos and this, but up at the top, I am going to have the other pricing for, technical assistance, maybe I'll call it, which is not 250 mailbox. The pricing will be a lot lower because if you are going to be a, um, if you're going to be a tech out there and you have to give your boss a quote, you know, the 250 is never going to swing it unless the boss wants VIP for everybody, which that is going to be the price because that's the kind of work I do. I mean, I do some insane detail work and I love it. And uh, so if you got 17 people that need a VIP level, well, that, you can quote that and I'll give you a cut. I do pay commission and I pay it right off the top of that 250. So that's what I call it is the marketing money. It's built into the price. So anyway, let me get my notes for the show. I might've had one more form. Hold on. Let me go see, make sure I got, let's see. Well, I might have one more. I've got, uh, let me see if there's anything fun on there. Let's see. It's called for those already on Office 365 aftercare and fine tuning. It ain't worth sharing, but I'll just explain it to you guys. So I made up a little uh, pitch page for for clients that are already on Office 365 that call me and they just need aftercare, which is always the little stuff. Um, sometimes they don't understand what they bought, so they need consulting to discuss all the products, like the OneNote and the um, OneDrive, the SharePoint, and let me tell you, you could spend an hour and still not get anywhere. It's so much, so much detailed down questions. Uh, fine tuning of a migration. A lot of times people want their calendars fixed and they want little things done and blah, blah, blah. Um, Outlook itself needs a little aftercare. Clean up the old profile, the settings, the old junk, whatever. Uh, get the calendars, contacts shared, the groups, categories, custom forms. For those interested, I am about finished up with my first custom form project. I've been working with this guy down in the Philippines, and we have knocked out an awesome form, and it's going to be released here soon. I'll tell you guys about it. And if anybody needs a custom form done, we are going to start making them. And it's going to be awesome because in Outlook, you know, 
everybody wants a custom thing, but it's too expensive, but we're going to make it very affordable. Just to let you know. And then finally, uh, support tickets. I talk about that because if someone's already having problems with Office 365, more than likely they're going to want to call me again because I was, you know, I was helpful and I knew what's going on. And, and that's kind of my goal is to sell them on the support tickets. All right, gang, I think that might be it for this show. I think I, I did a knockout show this week. Let's go see. All right, let me go look at my notes, make sure I got everything, the surveys, the new outline, the outline for employees, newer, bigger jobs. Yeah, I think I covered it all. So if you have any questions or want to contact me or give me some feedback, or if you want a copy of all these forms, you can go ahead and email me, lisa at callthatgirl.biz. And just to let everybody know that my Outlook training videos are done and completed, finally. Uh, I'll probably do a show on them in a couple weeks where I'll go through them more in detail after Carl, maybe. But uh, the training videos are nice. I did not make them for technicians, but I go through in every video like a technician was listening, okay? And they're also good for clients for them to learn. So I don't want techs to think that um, I'm trying to take money out of their mouths, but I created the videos without call that girl branding on it. So I want you to resell them. Okay. Get you know, your clients should get to know outlook better. I mean, they're not going to try to fix problems. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if they knew a little bit more and not to bother you with the tiny little things, but what they're going to learn is pretty cool. I cover over a hundred items. I think it's actually about 150 in nine videos and I do basics advanced, super advanced exchange and email management. Good tips. I've got great testimonials. So I'll put that in the show notes too. And you guys can check it out. And if you happen to have a lot, a lot, a lot of clients that you want to sell these to, I'll send you a free copy. Okay. You can review it yourself. And then see if you want to resell them. And by the way, Matt Rodella is setting up my affiliate stuff right now. So if you need website help, call him too. All right, folks, this has been a Heyman Hendrickson production, audio supported by Mitch Heyman. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you to our sponsor, App River and Podbean for hosting. Again, if you have a short story you want to share, please call me at 612-865-4475 or email me, lisa, at callthatgirl.biz. And actually, if you call me, you're going to get my answering service, so don't call me. If you want to talk, email me, and I'll call you back because <laughs> that costs me like two bucks a call. All right, folks, that's it. See you next show.